Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. History tells the story of the world and of our lives. Sometimes that history goes bump in the night. Broadcasting from the center of oddity and the supernatural in central Florida, it's the History Goes Bump podcast. Hello, you spectacular people. Welcome to History Goes Bump Redux. I am your host, Diane. And this is Kelly. Kelly, on this Redux, we're going to be covering a location that we did back in 2016. Not many people have probably heard of this place, but they should if they're into haunted places, because this place has to be one of the most haunted places in the world, based on all of the personal experiences that people have shared. We had a boatload of them back in 2016, and we have even more today. And this is McMenamin's Edgefield, which is in Oregon. Are you ready to go back? I'm ready. McMenamin's Edgefield is located in Troutdale, Oregon, and it's a historic hotel that features a little bit of everything from fine dining to concerts to a movie theater to a distillery and brewery to a spa and golfing. The spot once housed the county poor farm. There are several spirits here, and some of them seem to be hitchhiking ghosts, like our infamous friends at the Haunted Mansion. Join us as we explore the history and hauntings of McMenamin's Edgefield. The area that would become the city of Troutdale, Oregon, is located at the confluence of the Sandy and Columbia Rivers. Lieutenant Broughton and his crew discovered this spot in 1792. The first settlers would not lay stakes here until 1850, and one of those men was founder David F. Buxton. Former Sea Captain John Harlow planned out the town and built a trout farm. He called his farm Troutdale, and eventually the town would take that name. You know, earlier, Kelly, I was asking you, is the fishing good here? I don't know, but I've been to the area. <laughs> and I was like, well, it must have trout because they called it Troutdale. Now we know it had a trout farm. Harlow convinced the railroad to build a line near his farm so he could ship his fish. And that really established the town. 
His wife platted out the town after his death in 1883. The city really started building up in 1890 and was incorporated in 1907. And Kelly, a little fun fact. In the 1920s, Troutdale was known as the celery capital of the world. Yummy. (laughs) Who would have ever thought that there would be a place that would just have so much celery, they'd be considered the celery capital of the world. I guess it's good for growing celery there. Fish and celery. I guess the two could go together. Poor houses cropped up in many cities as a place to house the less desirables in a city. Portland had built Hillside Farm in their West Hills to house the disabled, ill, and poor. Over time, the place had deteriorated, and after an inspection in 1910, it was decided that a new place needed to be built. Multnomah County commissioners chose Troutdale for their new poorhouse, and they planned to make it a place that was more progressive. Their goal was to help the poor become more self-sufficient by running a farm. The farm would cover 345 acres and was opened in 1911. Originally, there was a main building with several outbuildings. There was also a pig farm and dairy. The first people to move onto the farm were called inmates, and there were 211 of them. Can you imagine calling these poor people that are just going to live on a farm inmates? No. Later, the term resident would be used rather than inmates. The residents were divided into two groups. The group that worked in the fields would be rewarded with meat three times a day. Those that did not work only got meat at one meal. The Multnomah County Poor Farm was a huge success. Within three years, there were 225 chickens, which are worth a ton of money today. (laughs) We need some ourselves. We eat too many eggs. 100 Duroc hogs, a large herd of Holstein dairy cows, 420 Plymouth Rock hens, lots of crops, eggs, fruit, grain, and 27 acres of potatoes. The farm was able to feed all of its residents, patients at the county hospital, inmates at the jail, and a surplus was sold to markets. The Great Depression brought the population at the poor farm to 600. It was overpopulated, and to compensate, closets were turned into rooms, and three or more people were put into each room. That doesn't sound like you're compensating much. It's just being like, you have a space over here, even though it's very teeny tiny. Yikes. Many talented people were here, and they turned the basement into a bazaar of sorts where they could sell their handiwork, and people from all over Portland came to buy. World War II and President Roosevelt's New Deal would pull many of the workers from the farm, and soon the only people left were the disabled and sick. Some of the land was laid aside in 1959 and a county jail was built, and the inmates were unwilling to work in the fields. Well, then you don't get any porridge. The animals had to be sold and the farmland was leased out. The grand farm was falling into disrepair. In 1964, the main building was transformed into a nursing home, and the name officially became Edgefield. In 1982, the nursing home was closed and everything was left abandoned. In its seven decades, all types of people had passed through the doors, and each of them just needed extra help to make it in life. Two of those personalities were Frankie of Frankie and Johnny notoriety and the nephew of Confederate General Stonewall Jackson. He turned 100 while living at Edgefield. Wow. Edgefield did not do well while abandoned. Vandals would break in and spray paint graffiti on the walls and steal whatever they could get their hands on, basically wreaking havoc on the property. As the buildings fell apart, they became dangerous, and this was a huge liability for the county. They decided that the best decision would be to demolish the buildings. But the Troutdale Historical Society stepped in and they fought to stop the demolition. It took five years, but they saved the decrepit site. Now they had to find somebody who would want to buy the property. 
microbrew pioneer brothers, Mike and Brian McMenamin, wanted to dip their toes in the hotel business, and they saw the poor farm as a great place to start their business. People, mainly bankers, were a bit confused because McMenamins were associated with neighborhood pubs, not hotels. The brothers got financing, and they started with a winery, which was completed in 1990. In 1991, they added the brewery, a movie theater, power station pub, and eight rooms. Early success helped the brothers to renovate the main lodge, and it was reopened with many more hotel rooms, a spa, a fine dining establishment, and specialty bars. Later came artisan shops, gardens, a golf course, and an area for concerts. What makes McMenamin's unique is the fact that artists were set loose on the place. Every surface now has an artistic flourish celebrating the rich past of the site. Something more from that rich past lingers, though. This location has a lot of unexplained activity. A housekeeper reported, I was doing housekeeping about a month ago and I was standing at the foot of the bed when suddenly I felt something firmly grab my ankle and not let go until I jumped away. I looked under the bed and there was nothing. Freaked me out a little. Another housekeeper entered a room she had cleaned earlier and found the pillows tossed around. Earlier, the guest in that room had told the front desk that she awoke to find someone standing over her bed. That's a little unsettling. Uh, just a tad. Allison, a wine server, said, I've seen a nurse in the hallway upstairs from the winery, and it was 11 o'clock in the morning. I was just walking with a bucket and saw this 60-styled woman. I could tell she had a little hat on. I could also tell she had pantyhose on. That's how clear she was. And she was just walking, and you couldn't see keys, but it looked like she was holding keys. And she was coming this way, and she kind of turned, and she looked like she was going to open a door, and then just vanished. She also had the following experience. I was walking on the west end in between the second and third floor. I'd had a couple of glasses of wine, I'll admit that. It was my birthday. I was walking in where the mural of them handing the residents their sheets and stuff is, and I was really deep in thought about what these people must have gone through and how they felt. And right as I was thinking that, I didn't see anything, but this energy went right through my chest took my breath completely away. I actually started hyperventilating. I was like, oh my God, did it leave me? And I started shaking my hands and was like, oh God, please let it out of my body. I couldn't tell. Oh, wow. I mean, that's like, yikes. You don't hear a lot of people talking about stories where something actually passes right through them to the point where her chest starts racing and she's afraid that maybe whatever it was didn't pass through her and is like stuck. Another guest reported to the staff that they were awakened by something tapping on their chest in the middle of the night. And another guest wrote, I felt a quick breeze and the strongest sweet scent came over me. It smelled like flowers, kind of perfume-like. Old lady perfume? I'm betting. I'm sure it has some kind of rose scent to it. (laughs) Trust your nose picture. It may be a ghost. I always feel bad about saying that old lady perfume because someday that's going to be you and me and we don't wear rose scented perfume. I can't. It gives me a screaming headache. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, she continued on. I lay in bed for an hour and saw shadows dancing on the walls, the ceiling and the window. And she continued to lay in bed? (laughs) I would just be mesmerized personally. Yeah, I guess I'd be like, I'm not going to (laughs) move, but I'm going to try to reach my phone so I could take pictures. Yeah. Video. Where's my dousing rods? No kidding. Need to have a conversation. Spirits were flying around the room. It was a great encounter, and that's how I would feel. (laughs) (laughs) Another guest had a very unwanted encounter while taking a shower. 
Yeah, that's never a good way to tell an unexplained experience to somebody. Definitely not. She reported, I was taking a shower, then all of a sudden I felt a hand grab my butt. Oh, boy. (laughs) Fresh little thing there. (laughs) Did you smack it? Fresh little spirit. I screamed and grabbed my towel to dry off and get my clothes on. Right as I spotted my shirt, it flew up in the air. So (laughs) clearly the spirit did not want her getting dressed. Yeah, somebody is having a little bit of fun with her. Robin had the (laughs) fun. Sorry. (laughs) You could just imagine she's like, man, something's grabbing my butt. (laughs) Grabbing my shirt so I can't reach it. And you just see her like jumping trying to get it in the air. Good grief. Robin had the following encounter. My husband and I were married at Edgefield in August 2009. As we were packing up and getting ready to leave, I wanted to take a picture of the inscription on the wall about who the room was dedicated for. I lifted my camera, and before I could put my finger on the shutter, the camera took a picture. Thankfully, my husband witnessed it happening, so I know I wasn't losing it. Awesome ending to an incredible event. Alexandra McNabb reported, My husband and I frequently go to Edgefield just to look around and catch a movie after dinner. One time when we were just wandering around the place, we got in the elevator. This was before we were married, and as soon as the doors closed, he started kissing me passionately. During the kiss, I felt someone grab a bunch of hair and pull. It was not my husband. His hands were nowhere near my head. Where were his hands? (laughs) (laughs) I knew where his hands were. They weren't near my head. (laughs) Wow. That is something else to feel your hair get pulled. What I would love to know... Is if like her head, did it kind of rock back as if your head got pulled? And did your husband feel that and be like, why are you pulling away from me or whatever? Right. I sensed an older woman who was displeased with such a graphic display of private moments in a public place. They were in an elevator, though. The door was closed. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people, I'm sure, do kiss in elevators when they're alone because you don't think anybody's going to see. Freaked me out at the time, but we laugh about it now. Teresa S. wrote... I was at Edgefield before you bought it. We had a company party there. I had no idea it was haunted at that time. I left the ballroom to find the ladies' room and ended up looking at a wonderful mural of the history of the place. I hope it's still there. I turned to find a janitor with an old rag mop in the hall, and it smelled like someone was burning matches. That's weird. I asked for the ladies' room, and he looked at me and pointed down the hall. I went where he directed me, and it was really cold and no bathroom anywhere. I went back where I came from, and he wasn't around... So I went back to the ballroom and asked one of the hostesses and she pointed me in the right direction and I told her about the janitor and she said that was not a real janitor and this place was haunted. (laughs) Wow. Well, at least the staff is honest about it. Yeah, that's not one of our people. I've not been able to come back no matter how curious I am about your renovations. Maybe one day. Scared her away, I guess, huh? Denise wrote after staying at Edgefield. Just last weekend, October 7th, 2011, we spent the night at Edgefield. In the middle of the night while I was asleep, an old man was standing over my bed wanting to shake my hand and I kept asking him what he wanted and he had to go, in my dream, and he just wanted to shake my hand. I finally shook his hand and he smiled and I woke up. I am convinced I was visited by a spirit that lived there. It makes you wonder, was it really a dream or was he actually standing there? Well, she's convinced it was a spirit. Jennifer took pictures when visiting Edgefield, and she was shocked to find the pictures erased. She said, Summer of 2009, my boyfriend and I spent the day enjoying the city, taking pictures and visiting historical sites like the Edgefield. 
Upon reviewing the day's pictures at the end of the night, every single picture that we had taken inside the hotel had been erased, while all the other pictures from the day remained. Nobody but myself had access to the camera. Weird. The only other way I could explain that is, is she sure that the camera was on and that she actually had been taking pictures? That would be something I would guess is an issue there. Just my doubting mind. Well, we're open-minded skeptics, so I can understand that. Debbie Wilson reported, I've been going out to Edgefield since I was 15 years old, and the house that used to be a boy's home back in the 1980s has always been creepy. And I know that it's old land and a lot went on there before then, but my boyfriend and I were walking around one night a while back. It wasn't summer yet. We snapped pictures all over. That's what I always do, hoping to get something, anything, an orb or a face, miss perhaps. But we were leaving the parking lot and I was bummed not to get a thing. So I turned one last time to snap the house I was parked by, just one last shot, I said, and looked at it and saw fog and a face of some kind in the middle of it. It freaked me out. I just knew there would be nothing there, you know, when she was going to show it to people later on, but everyone could see it that she showed it to. And then she lost the disc from her camera. But she said, if I ever find it, I'll post it because it's freaky. So apparently it was there long enough for her to show it to people, but now she doesn't have it anymore. I'm waiting to get a picture of those old rocking chairs on the old creepy porches. I wonder if there's stories that they rock on their own. And then Renee wrote, In 2010, my husband and I were staying at the Edgefield on the third floor in a corner room. After a night of dinner and fun, we returned to the room to sleep. The next morning, my husband asked why I had to get up last night and where I had gone. I told him that I did not leave all night. He said that he thought, It was me pushing off the bed, putting on the white robe, and leaving. My husband told me that he could feel the pressure of weight in the middle of the king-size bed. He thought it was me that had gotten up and laid back down. It wasn't me. We have been back to the Edgefield on two other occasions. What fun. And Cindy reported, The second time that I stayed, I was in the shower, and it felt like fingers gently stroked my front shoulder blade. It wasn't a scary or mean presence. Other than the fact that you can't see it and it's touching you while you're in the shower. I know. (laughs) In October 2011, the last time that my husband and I stayed, we were both sleeping. And at about two in the morning, it sounded as though a large block of wood landed on the floor in our room. Neither of us realized that the other had heard it. When we talked about it in the morning, we noticed that there was a large carpet and couch on the floor where we heard the sound. We both heard it in the same location. We can't wait to go back in April. We love this place and it definitely has spirits. So interesting. I wonder if it was something residual because clearly if there's carpeting, you're not really going to hear a large block of wood hitting the floor. Exactly. An anonymous person wrote, I was at the Edgefield yesterday with my family to attend a wedding. And after the ceremony, when the wedding guests were about to enjoy the wedding feast, I suddenly felt very groggy and fell out of my chair. No, that's because you had too much champagne. What? (laughs) Good thing hardly anyone noticed when it happened. How do you not notice that? (laughs) woman just fell out of her chair. Everybody else having such a good time, they didn't notice. Maybe whatever is haunting the Edgefield wanted to crash the wedding by pushing a guest out of his or her reception chair. Later, when my sister and I checked out the Edgefield's gift shop, I needed to use the bathroom. But had to hurry on out of there because I felt like I was being watched. It was creepy. That doesn't smell like roses. (laughs) Something. As my youngest told me previously. (laughs) Justin stayed in the 90s and wrote, stayed at Edgefield one night back in late 90s during a company Christmas party. Did not know the place was reputed to be haunted and didn't believe in such things anyways. 
However, as my wife and I were getting ready to go to bed, I distinctly recall the strong presence of an elderly lady sitting in the room with us. Clearly, there's an old lady hanging out in this place. I never get weird feelings like that, never have again to this day. It was so strong, I hesitated to disrobe for bed, and I even examined the room, wondering why my mind was insisting something was there when it wasn't. My wife remarked that she felt like we were being watched, which is an unusual statement from her. Apparently, Grandma's a voyeur. Yeah, I wonder if she's the one touching people. Like, she gets upset when you're kissing in the elevator, but then she might be touching people in the showers. And watching and you disrobe. take off your clothes. <laughs> Oddly enough, it was a friendly, almost grandmotherly feeling, and I felt no fear or creepiness at all. Other than the fact that you feel like somebody wants to watch you get your clothes off. I mean, <laughs> hello. Years later, when I found out about the reputation and past of the hotel, it rattled me. Still does. Don't remember the room number, but it was on the ground floor and looking out the window facing west, you can see the main entryway staircase. Sounds like every room in this place is haunted. And now a little break for a word about one of our sponsors. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Deansy wrote, I have also been haunted when I unwittingly stayed in a room on the third floor at the Edgefield in Troutdale, McMenamins. When we got our room, I tried opening the closet door for extra pillows, but the door was locked. I then realized that there was a standing wardrobe in the room that had these items. Later that night, as my husband and I went to sleep, my head was on my pillow, and I heard an unlocking sound very loudly in my ear, like my ear was right up against the door. Shortly afterward, I heard creaky footsteps circling the bed. At the time, I was dismissive and thought it was someone walking above our room. Even my husband woke up with a start because the sound of the footsteps were so immediate. We both managed to sleep, but in the morning, we realized that there were no rooms above us and no rooms were immediately next to ours. So something was walking around your room. Creepy. We were at the south end of the main hallway on the third floor. I think it was 304. When I went back to work, I mentioned the event to my boss, who is familiar with the Edgefield. Lots of interesting history to the place, and he described the shape of the slanted locked closet in the room, which I confirmed, and he said that the room was haunted. He reminded me of one of the paintings in the building that I clearly remembered of one of the guest rooms, showing a slanted closet with the door open, and in the blackness, there were a pair of eyes. In the painting? I mean, was somebody painting something they had seen? I mean, possibly. I wasn't frightened during the event, and even the painting. The eyes themselves didn't look nasty, but that was quite memorable for me. Kelly said, I stayed in room 330 last night with two girlfriends. We came to Edgefield to see the fun concert and stayed the night afterwards. I had a sleep paralysis moment in our room at about 2.30 in the morning. I could see something by the door and I was scared, but I couldn't move. I yelled out because I was scared and one of my girlfriends woke me up. I've never had a sleep paralysis episode before. I also felt something grab my foot, but I'm not sure if I was dreaming or not. Then later in the night at about 4 or 5 a.m., I heard bees buzzing loudly all over the room, but didn't see any bees. 
That would make me jump out of bed and go running. Yeah. I've been chased by Africanized honeybees before and been stung multiple times. I'm out. I thought it was weird, but went back to sleep. You think it's where there's a bunch of bees buzzing? <laughs> <laughs> when we all woke up, I told my friends, and when one of them went into the hallway to go use the bathroom, she saw that the murals outside of our room had bees everywhere. What? What the hell's up with these murals? It's like the Candyman. I mean, yeah. <laughs> How weird. I mean, did these people paint like things that they'd heard people tell them that it happened in the rooms? Are they something they'd seen before or are they causing the things to happen because they put the paintings there? In one picture, a woman is sitting in a rocking chair with a beehive on her head. What? I thought that was really I mean... creepy and I hadn't noticed the mural at all the night before, which lends credence to the fact that it was something that she's not just imagining because she'd seen something and then, you know, right. you dream it. Fun and scary at the same time. Definitely going back again. I can't imagine seeing a, a mural or painting or anything else with somebody having a beehive stuck on their head. <laughs> Arlene had an experience in 2010. On September 12, 2010, my husband, sister-in-law, and I stayed and wandered the grounds late at night in search of paranormal activity. We took pics all over the place and caught some mists in the garden areas that couldn't be explained. We came around the corner of one of the restaurant terraces that sits below balconies with two staircases on each side, don't remember the name, and felt something. So my husband snapped a few photos and caught a very compelling white mist slash streak. I would love to post, but this only allows comments. And this is on the website. People were sharing their stories. Then I was walking down the hall from the room to the outside glass doors and saw something small, kind of like a white object, run past the door on the outside. It was short. A mouse. Maybe not that short. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't see it. When I walked through the doors, nothing was around. Very cool place. Hope to return someday. Tammy wrote, my husband and I just returned from the New Year's Eve party in 2014. We had a fabulous time. We stayed three nights and had three experiences. We were in room 203. Our first night I walked to the bathroom and I saw an old man who was dressed like a janitor. Black pants, black shoes, and white shirt like uniform. Don't ask him where the restroom is. He had large black frame glasses. He was crouching near the floor in what was a phone nook next to the ladies' lounge. He was in such a strange place and position that I stopped and looked at him, kind of waiting to see if he needed help. I smiled at him, and he smiled back, so I went into the ladies' room. So clearly it's intelligent. It's responding to her. When I came out just a moment later, he was gone without a trace. The next morning, I realized that the housekeeping staff had no such uniform and was certain he was a spirit. I was completely blown away when I came home and read other encounters that happened in the same area near the beautiful mural between the second and third floors. We noticed nothing our second night... But our third night, my husband and I were playing Scrabble in our room, and a very loud voice sounded like someone clearing their throat right behind me. My husband and I both froze, and he swore the sound was right behind me. The rest of the night was pretty quiet, but the next morning I was brushing my teeth in that same bathroom, and I swear there was a dog in the room with me. There's no sound that can duplicate the sound of dog's feet on a wood floor, and that is what I heard. I turned around, and there was nothing there. I even reached down to see if I could feel anything, but there was nothing there. I stood there a moment and then said, you're a good dog, aren't you? <laughs> I love that. Then there was more nails clicking on the wood floor in a more excited kind of way. Oh my gosh. So I love that. There really seems to be a dog there that's yeah. an intelligent spirit. He's all happy that he was getting <laughs> good praise. 
I was very justified in my experience when I read the stories about a dog haunting the second floor. Okay, so now I need to go there. Yeah. (laughs) Our encounters were friendly and very memorable. Sarah wrote, I stayed at Edgefield in December 2013, and my boyfriend and I went to sleep very early on purpose so that we could wake up in the middle of the night and hopefully catch some ghostly activity. We woke up around 1 a.m., and we had only one lamp, and the lamp turned off by itself, which at the time was not enough to convince me. We eventually went back to sleep. I then woke up not that long after I'd fallen asleep to the sound and sensation of someone tap-tap-tapping on the mattress next to my head. We stayed in room 231, the Kazoo Cat Suite. Interesting name. Indeed. And since I'm a devout cat lover, my thoughtful boyfriend took a picture of our front door for me. But the photo he took was black with dark purple stripes all across it. He was dumbfounded as he had never seen his camera behave that way. And it was his father's camera before him. And he never had any trouble with the camera either. I'm convinced that Edgefield is haunted. I literally cannot wait to go back. Ginger reported, October 2014, I just stayed in room 310 two nights ago with my guy. I was in a dream state and felt the presence of something laying between us. It was communicating with me and was gray in shape and color and the energy of a woman. She floated away and woke both of us up at the same time at 3 a.m. We didn't know until now that Edgefield has the reputation of being haunted. I just love how many of these stories are people who have no idea the place is haunted and they're having experiences, so they're not even expecting anything to happen. My friends and I started staying at the Edgefield for our cheap time away with just the girls, a.k.a. heated mineral pool and wine. We were staying this past October 17th, 2014 in room 39. We decided to use a ghost radar app to see what or who would come through. We received communication from quote-unquote Warren saying he was very poor, which makes sense considering what the building used to be. The next morning, when we were getting ready to go to breakfast, I couldn't find my hairbrush. I dumped my purse out on the bed and literally shook it out to make sure everything was out of it. I told my friends that they should go ahead of me to the restaurant for breakfast because I wanted to take one more look for my brush. Right after they left, I went through my purse. My brush was sitting on top of everything in my bag. I hadn't left my purse from the time I dumped it out, and my friends were never close to my purse to put it in there. I think Warren was having a little fun. Sally Ann said, spent a wonderful Christmas at the Edgefield in 2014 with my husband. It was not our first visit here, but we were very excited to have a queen suite in the winery wing. I've experienced paranormal activity before in my life, but this has been the first time at the Edgefield. I'm a light sleeper and was on my left side. I awoke startled by someone peeling back the covers to completely expose my shoulder, followed by a puff of icy breeze. Oh, I wonder if they got touched. I immediately rolled over to find my husband facing the opposite direction and snoring contentedly. I woke him up and asked if he would stay awake for a while with me as I was freaked out and could not return to sleep. It was definitely an eerie sensation and an awareness that something else was there at that moment. A family lived on property that was once part of Edgefield and they had several experiences. Kimberly B. said, My five-year-old and my husband were mentioning today about how the property we lived on, which was once part of the Multnomah County Poor Farm and is up the hill from Edgefield, is haunted. My husband said every once in a while, he'll get the sensation of his ankle being grabbed. And then my daughter mentioned how she sometimes feels her hair being tugged or someone poking her shoulder while she is coloring. I've had moments where I will walk in my home, feel a poke in the hip as if I just brushed up against an object. But when I look back, nothing is there. It reminded me, though, of how my daughter was when she was between the ages of one and a half and three and a half. 
I would always catch her in her room, talking to herself. At the hype of all these ghost shows, I sat down and asked her a little more about it. She said that she was speaking to the black guy and the white lady. I asked her what they looked like, and she described the black man wearing dark clothes and dirt on top of his shoes. The white lady wore a white dress and a white hat. Sounds like a nurse. After a period of skepticism, I wrote to Edgefield to ask if there was any information they could provide. Because what year-and-a-half-year-old describes a man wearing dirty clothes like that? Mm-hmm. I was told that aside from apparitions of a nurse, that there was also a black man that had wandered off the property. And when he was found, he had become trapped in a barbed wire fence and had died. Oh, how awful. Indeed. I ask my daughter about it now, and she excuses it as an imaginary friend. But with the pokes here and there, you have to wonder. Jason wrote in 2018... My name is Jason. I'm 45 years old. I stayed in a room at the Edgefield with my girlfriend, who's now my wife, when I turned 21 years old. It was just a random idea we planned for my birthday to just chill out and do all the pubs on the property to drink and eat food, and also experience staying in the old hotel for the night. At the time, we had no clue of how haunted the property was. We've heard short stories about the history there, and also have had multiple friends that have worked there mention stories of paranormal experiences that employees and guests have had. But at 21 years old and beer thirsty, we never thought twice about the stories. So after a long afternoon of good brews and food, we headed to our room we booked on the top floor. I don't remember what room number we stayed in. All I remember is it was down a long hallway. When we got to our room, we realized there were no TVs or a restroom in our room. Uh Uh-oh, Kelly, you wouldn't be staying there. (laughs) Definitely not. Only desk lamps lit the big vintage style room. I soon found out the restroom situation way down the hallway outside the room. When I opened the door to the restroom, I instantly had a strange feeling walking in. The bathroom was big and had that old school vintage feel to it. As I looked around, making my way to the urinal along the wall, I felt as if someone was watching me the whole time. Like someone was in there with me, but there was nobody but me. I shrugged it off like, whatever. I visited the restroom a few times before sleep time. We were up until around midnight doing adult things. (laughs) Thanks for not sharing. Alrighty. Still a little buzz from the six gallons of beer I drank earlier. I woke up around 3 a.m. to visit the bathroom again down the hallway. Oh, no. If I had to go to the bathroom at 3 a.m. and I had to go down the hallway in a haunted hotel? Mm -mm. As I made my way down the hallway to the restroom, I couldn't help but notice the strange, odd paintings on the walls, feeling like the paintings were looking back at me as I walked by them. And now that we've heard all these stories compared to these paintings and things that have happened, I'd be freaked. As I walked into the bathroom, I had that anxious feeling of someone watching me again. So this time, I ducked down and checked the toilet stalls to make sure nobody was there. I saw nobody in any of the stalls and felt better about it. The anxiety wasn't as bad. FYI, there are about a dozen toilet stalls and a long old school urinal along the wall. Big bathroom. So as I walked up to the urinal on the wall, I looked around left and right one last time before I faced the urinal with my back to the toilet stalls. As soon as I started peeing, I instantly felt like someone was standing directly behind me next to me. As I peed, I kept looking left, right, and behind me. I felt whatever was there was very aggressive about letting me know it was there. I wasn't scared, but very curious about the overwhelming feelings I was having. As I finished my whiz... (laughs) I just can't. This reminds me of when Austin was little and he was in a restroom with his father and walked up to a man at the urinal... And was like looking at him and looking down and saying, are you going to pee? 
Maybe the, I mean, who can do that? Maybe this guy should have looked down. He was looking right, left, and behind him. He should have maybe looked down. Oh, good grief. Talk about pressure. <laughs> I obviously had to look down to tuck myself back into my shorts for about five seconds. Oh, my God. As I was tucking it back into my shorts, no joke, a stall door opened directly behind me. So he didn't see somebody, you know, short statured next to him. He's very descriptive in his writing. (laughs) But it's good because we get a full feel of what happened here. I froze, standing there in complete shock. It was so spooky, I couldn't even move to look at who it was or what it was. And I honestly could not move like it wouldn't let me move or look at it. So it's like he's having sleep paralysis standing up peeing. Now he already finished his whiz. Oh, I'm sorry. That's right. And took things back I'm sorry. This is just hilarious. I'm surprised. He must have gotten redressed to go down to the bathroom because he's tucking his shirt into his pants. I mean, you're going right back to bed. I listened to whatever or whoever it was walk to the door entrance, leaving the bathroom. As soon as it opened the door to leave the bathroom, I finally was able to move and look towards the door entrance. And what I saw was a person's body quickly exiting the bathroom door as it closed. I literally ran to the door with a thought of who or what the hell was that? I made it to the door in about three seconds, opened the door, quickly looking both directions down the hallway, and there was nobody there. And there was absolutely no way someone could have disappeared into a nearby room without me seeing them. No way. As I walked quickly back to our room, which was about 30 yards away, I swear on my life that whoever was in that bathroom with me was now staring at me again through the paintings on the walls down the hallway. Every painting I looked at on the way back to our room was staring at me. I'm no pushover, nor am I a drunk dummy, LOL. (laughs) I was just about to say, well, you had been drinking. I'm a believer in only what I see or feel myself. And I'm telling you all right now, the Edgefield is absolutely haunted. I saw it with my own eyes and definitely felt it with his body, I guess. That's crazy. Stella wrote in 2019, hi, I'm Stella. Whenever I see that name, I always think, Stella! Marlon Brando yelling in streetcar named Desire. Hey, Stella! And I was actually up at Edgefield just a few days ago with some family and friends. They all went off to do things, so I walked around and eventually went up to one of the upstairs porches because the downstairs porches are always full. Anyways, I was up on the porch reading a book. I was alone up there, and it was very quiet, but I was nose deep in my book. I was reading it. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) All of a sudden, a tall, dark figure caught my eye from the other side of the porch. It was turning towards the doors to go inside. But then it was gone. I know that Edgefield is haunted, and I can see spirits. There are two in my house, and I have seen some in other places as well. But whenever I see one, it does still catch me off guard. I had this gut feeling that it was a spirit of a Confederate soldier that I had just seen. But I felt a little crazy because I didn't know why I was feeling such a specific feeling. So a few hours later, I bought the book on Edgefield's history in the gift shop. And I found out that there had, in fact, been a Confederate veteran that had lived and died there. How interesting, because I was just about to say, why would a Confederate soldier be in Oregon? With finding that out, I was totally surprised. But now I don't feel as crazy. I really believe that was the spirit. Aubrey wrote in 2019... We stayed a few days ago as well, and my mother's room that she was staying in with my sister, the lamps flickered one to the other repeatedly at 2 a.m. after they unplugged them. Oh, my. I always hate it when stuff works after you unplug it. 
I came into the room from the bathroom and they told me about it. And as they were telling me, the alarm clock started flashing 2.03 repeatedly. No alarm set. We unplugged it and turned it off, laughing about it. And then it started flashing 2.03 a.m. again. We checked for batteries and there were none. My partner came in and hid the clock and convinced my mom it was something else so she'd go to bed. Not our first encounter here, but it was hers, lol, and it definitely spooked her. Amber wrote in 2019, We stayed at Edgefield October 6th through 8th in 2019. We were on the second floor west wing. About midnight the first night, as we were just dozing off, I had no alcohol, we both heard a little girl's laughter. To our knowledge, there were no children staying in the rooms nearby. It happened again the second night. We didn't think much about it and actually joked about the girl's ghost hiding behind the armoire until we got home and found out that the hotel is actually haunted. Lady Aikshen wrote in 2021, It's been a few years since my encounter but thought I would share. My sister-in-law and I were staying on a hot summer evening in 2020. I knew the haunted history of the hotel and, like an idiot, borrowed the ghost log from the front desk. I love that they actually have a... (laughs) ghost Ghost log log, and that they just a visitor log yeah and that they let you read it before bed i decided to read out loud some of the encounters to her and then jokingly said yeah right haunted ha big mistake in the middle of the night i had a terrible waking dream i couldn't see anything because the room was dark but i knew that something was at the end of the bed and it was stealing my energy i couldn't move and couldn't see but i knew it was bad Apparently, I was making so much whimpering noises that my sister woke me up and asked if I was okay. I was screaming, help, help, but it only came out as a whimper. This was not a nice spirit, and it meant to teach me a lesson. I've never had an encounter like this and haven't since. I, of course, Googled it looking for a logical explanation, and the closest thing I came up with was sleep paralysis. It felt very real, and I haven't had a case of sleep paralysis before or since. I've been going to Edgefield for 20 years, stayed many times, but this time was different. I firmly believe that there is something supernatural there, and it made me a believer, unfortunately. I love that place, but I won't ever spend the night there again. Wow. She'd stayed lots before. We were on the second floor, a few rooms down from the famous haunted room 215. I prayed for protection and went to sleep. With all these personal experiences, it's easy to believe that something is going on here. But is this paranormal activity? Could it just be residual energy? Could it be overactive imaginations? Is McMenamin's Edgefield haunted? That is for you to decide. It gives us a reason to go to Oregon. Certainly does. Definitely want to check that place out. And wow, those paintings kind of creep me out now. It's like they were putting them all up to be, I guess, decorative and unique. But man, maybe they're casting a little bit of weirdness going on there. I'm wondering if it was the same artist. I'm thinking it was a lot of different artists, but who knows? Well, we hope you guys enjoyed this Redux. I've been your host, Diane. And this has been Kelly. You take care now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.